Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We appreciate and we bless you, Jesus, for bringing us together to worship at your feet. That songwriter says, there is no higher place than, than to kneel before your throne. Father, we are grateful because you have brought us before yourself even to worship. We give you all the praise and glory in the name of Jesus. Thank you, my Father. Father, I pray that you send your word and let your word heal us and let your word deliver us from all our trouble in the name of Jesus. Send your word that we abide with us in the name of Jesus. Help us also to receive your word. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let us be seated. Amen. We shall be talking about maximizing our personal experience with God by the provision of obedience and trust. Amen. By the provision of what? Obedience and trust. You maximize your relationship, your personal experience through obeying God and which leads you to much trust in him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It, what, what you can do and what you are able to achieve in the Lord can be attributed to the experience, your personal experience with God. A man, some people will be sick, and the first thing they want to do is uh, they run to the hospital. But why some, when they are sick, the first thing they do is to pray and wait for what God will do. To some of us, those second category of people, they are what? They are taking risk. Praise the Lord. They are taking risk to some of us. But what it actually entails or detailed about that person is the relationship they have with God. I'm not talking of general relationship or the relationship. I'm not talking about general experience. I'm talking about personal experience. Praise the Lord. God wants us to be personal with him. Some people will say, they will call God my daddy. And to some of us, we will be offended. Why are you calling God your daddy? Is he only your father? At least he's the father of all. That also speaks about how personal we have been with God. Praise the Lord. And we can maximize this experience through our what? our obedience. If you look through the scriptures, the great men of God, starting from Abraham, it is their obedience that, you know, that separated them from others. Some, we can say, they have some level of obedience, some great obedience, like in the case of Abraham, Abraham obeyed God to the extent he was ready to give all that he has unto the Lord, which is the son he waited for for 100 years. He was ready to sacrifice him to the Lord through obedience. Praise the Lord. 
Although Abraham also was able to do that because of his notion, amen, amen, amen. Abraham was able to do that because of his own understanding about God. Some commentary says that Abraham had in his heart that when he sacrificed Isaac, God is able to bring him back to life. Amen? So you see, to so many, to so many of us, we might, be, we might be having some pains. But at that time, if that is exactly what is in the mind of Abraham, then Abraham will not have pain at all. Because he believes, even though I sacrifice him, God is able to do what? To bring him to life. That is to say, Abraham had the belief, because of his personality with God, that he will not come back with what? With a dead child. Amen? That is what I'm trying to say. That you have a personal relationship with God that can make you to say like the three Hebrew men in Daniel chapter 3. I will, will not bow to the what? To the grieving image. Our God is able to do what? Is able to save us. Even if you throw us into the furnace, we don't care. Praise the Lord. They were able to do that because of their personality with God. They were able to say that when the king was about to kill all of them with the wise men in Babylon, they were there when Daniel took them and they prayed and God revealed the king's dream unto them and they were able to declare it. You see, that is why when he came to stand and testify, they were not testifying to things that they were thinking or the things that they were imagining. They were testifying to the things that they have experienced. Like Paul said, we are preaching whom we have seen, whom we have touched, and whom we have what? We have heard. Praise the Lord. It is very easy for a child to remember an experiment and describe it than when you spend a lot of time trying to describe the experiment. Just perform it before him or her and let him explain it the way he has seen it. Praise the Lord. I was reading the book of Ezekiel two days ago. And he was saying so many things about measuring the temple, uh, eight and a half feet, uh, 12 and a half feet. Uh, you know, it, I could not understand it, despite the fact that I was in that, I'm in that business of measuring of height and width and depth. I was not able. I have to be using dictionary to interpret some word. Maybe my English is not really bringing it because it is being described. If, it is, if I have seen a picture of it and you are describing it, then I will be able to understand. I have to be using commentaries to try to understand what it means. How are they, going, how are they hanging for you on top of a staircase? and all those things. What I'm trying to see, say here is that our experience, our experience with God, let it be personal. Let it be personal. If I want to say God can do it, let it not be a reference, but let it be a reality, something that uh, 
I have experienced. Praise the Lord. So what I'm trying to say is that this personality or this experience cannot be separated from obedience. If God wants to reveal himself to you without obedience, you, go, you will not be able to receive or know what God wants for you. You have to be ready to obey. Let us read our first text, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and 2. Obedience. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his command, all his command that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all this blessing if you obey the Lord your God. You see, obedience is the first gate that you must open for you to begin to know what God is doing. Praise the Lord. For you to begin to know, for, you be, for, for, for God to begin to manifest in you, the first you are going to open is what? Is obedience. Is obedience. In Exodus chapter 15, we are in the text now. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, it says, If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying commands, keeping all his desires, then I will not make you suffer any of the disease I have sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Amen? For I am the Lord who heals you. It all boils down on whom? On, it boils down on obedience. What will, what will God be able to do in your life if you are not obedient? Just think of it. There is nothing. There is nothing. God is not able to do anything in your life if you are not obedient. There are so many times God gives commandment to human, it is ridiculous. It is unbelievable. How can you tell a man that has leprosy to go and bathe in the river seven times and his, prophets and his leprosy will go? It is unbelievable. It is something that we cannot comprehend. But because the man obeyed, the man went away rejoicing. Such a man, if you tell him, can the God of Israel heal leprosy, he would shout and say a very big yes. Because why? He had a personal experience. Because he has a personal experience. Praise the Lord. I want us to understand there's some facts about some fact about uh, about obedience. Praise the Lord. Or about obeying God's instructions and commandments. I want us to understand some facts about it. The first thing I want us to know is that whatever instruction Whatever the word of God has commanded us, it is always for our own good. Amen? It is always for our own good. He said in his word, I have not asked Israel to do what? To seek me in vain. That is to say, Israel, seek me. But the, the, the summary of it all is you are seeking me for your own sake. Amen? You are seeking me for your own sake. Praise the Lord. 
God placed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 2 from verses 15 to 17. He placed them in the garden and told them, okay, I read from verse 15. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat it, you shall surely die. Amen? If you eat it, you are sure to die. Praise the Lord. You know, if we look at it, you know, you understand that if they had obeyed these commandments, me and you would have been a better place today. Praise the Lord. If they have just obeyed this commandment, they would have still remained in the Garden of Eden. They would have still be able to have fellowship with God you know, face to face, as they used to have. Praise the Lord. All the suffering, all the pains that they went through, they would not have, it would not have been part of them at all. But just because they refused to obey, they lost that personal relationship. Praise the Lord. Another reason, another thing, our fact about obedience is that lack of obedience is a major tool in the hand of the enemy to control whoever, to control anybody. Praise the Lord. That is why when Jesus, after Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, the devil took him and started by telling him, if you jump from this cliff, you will not blast your feet because the angel will do what? They will carry you in their hands. He went, he went deeper and deeper demonstrate, show that you are what? You are the son of God. And he went to the essence of telling him, if you just bow down to me, you will what? You will own everything, all the glory of the world. Praise the Lord. All the enemy was just looking for is one disobedience and he will put him under his control. You are not under the control of the enemy except there is iniquity found in you. The enemy cannot mess you up. They cannot do anything contrary to the will of God in your life except, first of all, he takes control. So if there is anything the enemy is pursuing to do, he just wants you to make that slightest disobedience. He just wants you to obey that, to disobey slightly. A man of God in Nigeria once said, God told him, write a letter one on the sand and wipe it. He did this several times, and God told him, the day you disobey me, that is how I'm going to clean you off. Because from what you have experienced with me, I cannot tolerate disobedience from you. Praise the Lord. So as children of God, we must understand, if there is no disobedience, the edge is not broken. So the enemy cannot come in. 
Neither will you be able to go out of the fence for the, for the serpent to bite if there is no disobedience. So it is a big tool in the hand of the enemy. Okay? It is a big tool in the hand of the enemy, you know, to control. Numbers chapter 25, verses 1 to 3. Numbers 25, verses 1 to 3. While the Israelites were camped at Acacia Grove, some of the men defied themselves by having sexual relationship with local Moabite women. These women invited them to attend sacrifice to their gods. So the Israelites feasted with them and worshipped the gods of Moab. In this way, Israel joined in the worship of Baal of Peor, causing the Lord's anger to blaze against his people. If you understand this, uh, in, in, in if, uh, Numbers chapter, uh, from verse tw- um, from chapter 24, you understand the effort Balak made to curse the children of Israel. But because there was no sin or disobedience found in them. All the causes he was trying to cause, he was blessing them. And he was even prophesying that their hand will be against all their enemies, that uh, they will be great. He was prophesying. You know how many times he made that sacrifice? And he was still you know, blessing the children of Israel. Because there was no sin in them, because they, there, was, there, there was no disobedience. But when they started these acts of disobedience, it was God himself that began to fight against them. May God not fight against us in Jesus' name. 24,000, the Bible recorded 24,000 men fell in one day. 24,000. Praise the Lord. Let us rise up and sing this old song. Amen. There is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still, and with all who we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. For the fellowship sweet. Out in the skies, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt or a fear, not a sigh or a tear can abide one we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way 
to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Amen. Let us clap for Jesus. A very loud clap. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. See, when we obey, when we obey God, He leads us to do, to trust in Him. He leads us to trust in Him. It helps our faith. You know, it helps our faith. Praise the Lord. Amen. It, it makes us to enjoy what God has provided for us. Without obedience, it is not possible. From in Deuteronomy chapter 28, I go back to it, you see all that God has prepared, all that God has put in place for us to enjoy. But the only the key for the enjoyment, for you to be blessed in the city, for you to be blessed outside the city, for your, for your machines, for your cartoons, for them to multiply, you know, uh, exponentially, it is obedience that is the key. It is obedience that is the key. If you want to, if you want God to bless you, or bless you, you know, beyond your imagination, do you know what you should be praying for? Obedience, Lord, let me obey you. No matter how difficult it might seem, no matter how painful, no matter how unwilling I can be, Lord, let me be obedient. Let me obey you. That is what we should be praying for. Praise the Lord. Amen. We will be able to dwell peaceably in the land that God has given to us. In Leviticus chapter 26, from verses 3 to 7. Leviticus 26, 3 to 7. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my command, I will send you the season rain. The land will then yield its crops and the trees of the field will produce their fruit. Your threshing season will overlap with the grape harvest, and your grapes, your grape harvest will overlap with the season of planting grain. You will eat your field and live securely in your own land. I will give you peace in the land, and you will be able to sleep with no cause for fear. I will ride the land, I will read the land of wild animals and keep your enemies out of your land. In fact, you will, chase your, you will chase down your enemies and slaughter them with your sword. Praise the Lord. Five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase 10,000. All your enemies will fall beneath your sword. Praise the Lord. With obedience, you are sure of victory on every side. This is God speaking. With obedience, with obedience, praise the Lord. This is the knowledge that God has put in his word that if we know it, we will not perish. Like Hosea chapter 4 said. He said, my people are perished for lack of knowledge. We don't need to pursue multiple things. 
We don't need to pursue multiple things. We don't need to divide ourselves. We just need to concentrate on one thing. Oh Lord, let me obey you. Whatever you say, let me do it. Praise the Lord. Amen. And because he, so that the power of God can what? Can be alive in us so that we can command the power of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. It is difficult for most of us to be, to, to be obedient because of so many things. One of them that is very, very prominent is our goal and preferences. If your goal and preference is, is not the right goal, it's not the right preference, then it will be very difficult for you to obey God. It will be very difficult. That is to say, if your goal, for example, if my goal is to please God in everything I do, there are certain things that will not move me, no matter what is happening. There are certain things that I will not condescend to. Because if it, is, if it is it, I mean, if my goal is to satisfy God, my goal is to please God, my goal is to always bring the presence of God, there will be so many things I will not, that will not be able to distract me. But if my goal is, you know, to be the richest, the Bible says, you know, talks about the, rich, the riches that there will be a lot of what? A lot of dredges. You understand? I will, if, if I want to be the richest, then I must be ready to contend with so many things. I must be ready to be what? To be like a Shylock. Flesh for flesh. Uh, Okay, most of us don't read uh, those books anymore. You know, flesh for flesh, blood for blood. I will not pay until you have satisfied me, until I make sure I make profits on you. I will not pay you. Praise the Lord. And those kind of life will be robbing and contrary to the, the, the mercy that God has, has told us to have. You know, it will not be walking in line with it. Praise the Lord. So when we set our goals and priorities aright, it will be easy for us to obey God. If we make ourselves to be concerned with the things that God wants us to do, then it will be easy for us to please God. Praise the Lord. If what I wanted most is always a time of, a time of uh, relaxation, if what I want most is a time to relax, a time to amuse myself, a time, you know, to, to have pleasure. If that is all I want, praise the Lord, a time of fellowship will be an issue. I will say, what are they doing there? Let me spend my time watching this movie or the other, amusing myself, or sleeping. Praise the Lord. But if my goal, if my preference, if what I want is to always please the Lord, I will jump up from my bed and run to the fellowship where I'm supposed to be in his presence. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Amen. In Genesis chapter 39, verse 9, Genesis chapter 39, verse 9, we can see the goal and the preference of Joseph in that scripture. You know, what Joseph was concerned with was not to sin against God, no matter what. Not to sin against God, no matter what. No wonder he mentioned it. I cannot do this. He said, it will be a great sin against God. You see? Okay, let me read it. See, no one here has more authority than I do from verse 9. He has held back nothing from me except you. Because you are his wife, how could I do such a wicked thing? It will be a great sin before God. Before God was what concerns Joseph. Before God. How can I do this and sin against God? I don't want to sin against God. No matter what happens, I will not sin against God. He has set his priority right. And he has set his goal right. But it was different in the case of Gehazi. Amen? It was different in what? In the case of Gehazi. Because Gehazi decided to go after Naaman in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 20. Decided to go after Naaman and take what his master rejected. Because his priority then was to, to be rich with the money that the Syrian has brought. 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 20. Praise the Lord. Because of our time, I'll try to go fast. Praise the Lord. Now also, because of the manipulation of the enemy, the devil himself, so it is difficult to obey. Amen? It is difficult to obey because of the manipulation of devil and his demonic, you know, uh, conglomerates. It is difficult because the enemy is always manipulating man to disobey God. That is why the Bible says, pray without ceasing, so that you don't what? You don't fall into temptation. He gave us that too. The enemy will always be pushing you. The enemy will always be convincing you. will be showing you all sorts of pictures so that you can disobey. But I have given you this power. Pray so that you don't fall into temptation. Did he say pray one time? Pray what? Always. Pray always. If there is a prayer, you must pray every day. It is, O oh Lord, lead me not into temptation. Praise the Lord. Amen. There is a seed of sin in us, according to Paul, in Romans chapter 7, verse 18 to 20. There is a seed of sin in us. That, you know, he said, what that thing that I want to do, I'm not able to do them. Okay. I'm not able to do them. But the things I don't want to do are the things that I'm doing. Amen. I'm paraphrasing. Because there is a seed of sin in us. Praise the Lord. Then, you know, what also makes us not able to, I mean, not able to obey God is most of us, we don't know God. We don't know God. Praise the Lord. We don't know God. Like some of us, we know God as who? As uh, a loving father. The one who gives everything when his children cry. Amen? But we don't know him as a consuming fire. We don't know him, the one who is holy, 
that want us to be holy. So what you know God to be might also determine how you are able to uh, obey him. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. We can have that. Second Peter chapter 3, 9 to 10. Trying to rush because of our time. Praise the Lord. Amen. The, the, the pride of our hearts, you know, because of the pride of our hearts, we tend to commit ourselves to so many things that we are not supposed to because of pride. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we must know what we ought to do for obedience to be easy for us. Amen. When people will say, when your leg is in the river, you don't cry cold. Amen. You don't cry cold. When your leg is already in the water, you don't cry cold. You should know that it is cold down there. Okay? We must know the right reason to live. We must know the right reason to live and live it. We must be able to understand and we must be able to define to ourselves the reason why you are living. You must be able to tell yourself the reason why you are living and live it. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12 says, And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all your heart and soul. And you must, you must always obey the word of the Lord's command and decree that I'm giving you today for your own good. Praise the Lord. What does the Lord require of you? Is that the reason you are living? Praise the Lord. If you are living contrary to this reason, then it will be difficult for you to obey God. This is why God wants you to live. To love him and serve him with all your heart and soul. And fear him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, from verses 25 to 27. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Discipline. Discipline yourself. Discipline your body, putting your body under subjection so that your body will be able to obey. Praise the Lord. Discipline yourself. Amen. Putting yourself under control because without that discipline, you will not be able to obey God. I see some people Early in the morning, they are walking, they are running, they are doing all sorts of things. There are spiritual discipline that we must subject ourselves to so that obeying God will not be a burden. Praise the Lord. Humility with regular fasting. You know, regular fasting. This is your body. He doesn't want to obey anything. You must be able to put something in place that will make your body, your thoughts, and your will to be subjected always to God. 
That is why we recommend regular fasting. It helps you to subject yourself unto God. Above all, you must be prayerful. You must always pray. Recognizing the importance of obedience, you must always pray for it. Like I said earlier, you don't have business praying for blessings when you can obey God. You don't have business praying for breakthrough when your lives live, when you live a life of obedience to God. Praise the Lord. When you live a life of obedience to God, everything will just be unfolding because God knows what you desire even before you ask. Praise the Lord. Always praying. We are going to pray. I want us to rise up. I want us to rise up. This time around, I want you to pray. You will tell God to enlighten you so that you will be free from all disobedience. I want you to begin to talk to God. Father, give me your enlightenment. Light my candle so that I can be free from all disobedience. Because most of the disobedience is as a result of our ignorance, not knowing the will of God. Not knowing what God wants for us. Talk to God. Father, enlighten me and let me be free from every disobedience in the name of Jesus. Let me be free from every disobedience. Thank you, Jehovah. Thank you, Jehovah. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Talk to God and say, let everything work for my good as I obey and trust in the Lord. Begin to talk to God. Let everything work for my good as I obey and trust in God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jehovah. Thank you, my Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, my Jesus. Thank you, almighty God. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. The word of God says, when your obedience is complete, okay, he will rebuke every disobedience. That is to say, whatever is not of God in your life, he will rebuke it when your obedience is complete. By the blood and the grace in the blood of Jesus, begin to talk to God. Father, help me that my obedience is complete in you. In the name of Jesus, Help me, Lord, that my obedience is complete in you. Help me, Lord, that my obedience is complete in you. In the mighty name of Jesus, talk to God that God help me, that you will help me, that your obedience will be completed in me. In the mighty name of Jesus, Isaiah 1:19 says, "If you are willing and obedience, you will eat the good things of the land." Father, I want to eat the good thing of the land. Help me, Lord, to keep your command. Help me to obey you in all area of my life in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, help me. Help each and every one of us in those areas that we, we are not serving you enough. Father, help us, Lord, so that we'll be able to obey you completely and we can tap from the reward of the land in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. We thank you. We appreciate you, Lord, for your message that we have heard today. We thank you because you are the mighty one in battle. We thank you because you are going to give all the descent the, the spirit that enable us to keep all your commandments, to obey you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we commit ourselves into your hand. Help us, Lord, so that we'll be able to table everything concerning us in your presence. And we will keep your commandment and show your love. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we bless your name. We glorify you. 
for today's message. Father, as you have planted the message in our, in our heart, Father, continue to water it so that we keep your commandment and obey you fully in the mighty name of Jesus. And for your servant that you have used for us today, Father, we pray more anointing in the mighty name of Jesus. Everything that's surrounding, Father, help him with your spirit so that he himself also continue to obey you in all areas of his life in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless him, bless the work of his hand, bless sister, bless the children, and bless everything concerning him. Bless his ministry in the mighty name of Jesus. Everlasting Father, we thank you once again for today's service. We glorify your holy name. And as we go now, we want to ask as usual, your presence shall go with us in the mighty name of Jesus. And we pray, almighty God, this week, we pray, almighty God, all our activities, Lord, you will give us the obedience to to attend all the requirements, all the services that is expected of us in the mighty name of Jesus. We commit all our programs into your hand, Lord, that you will take charge and take control in Jesus' name. The VG night, the victory night, the Riasa, Father, we commit all those programs into your hand. Give us the enablement to obey you so that we'll be able to attend it in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Everlasting Father. And for the rest of the year, our activities and programs, they are in your hand. Take perfect control in Jesus' name. And let your name be glorified in the mighty name of Jesus. And as yet is drawing nearer, Father, we ask, whatever be our heart desire, right from the beginning of this year, that is yet to be fulfilled. Father, we want to maximize the opportunity that you are giving unto us. Father, help us, Lord, so that we will obey you. All those our heart desire shall be fulfilled in the mighty name of Jesus. Give us end of the year gift in the mighty name of Jesus and let your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Thank you, everlasting Father. All our members that travel, we pray, almighty God, that you will be with them in Jesus' name. They have traveled safely. They shall return safely in the mighty name of Jesus. And as many that are planning to travel, that God will go ahead of you in Jesus' name. The protection of God will be over you in the mighty name of Jesus. When we meet, um, that is tomorrow, for pre-victory night, we shall testify to your glory in Jesus' name. And when we meet next week also, we shall testify to your honor and glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Let us share the grace together in fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever ever.